He who saves one life saves the world entire. And the most important life to save is your own. After all, it's the place where you have the most power. So join shadow worker and trauma therapist Laura Giles each week on It's Not You, It's Me. We'll uncover what's in shadow and learn the things you need so you can heal yourself, grow yourself, know yourself, love yourself, be yourself, and share yourself. If you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, it's time to drop the self-sabotage and limiting beliefs. A healthy, abundant, connected life is an option. Choose it. Subscribe. And let's start manifesting it. We're more than halfway through winter and spring is coming. It's the perfect time to prepare for your own rebirth. If that sounds interesting, stay tuned. In today's podcast, I'm going to talk about what is an initiation, why you might want to do one, and give you some tips on how you can make that happen for you in a meaningful way this coming spring. But first, let me welcome you to Surviving to Thriving. I'm Laura Giles, the creator of this podcast, and the Sacred Wheel is nature's handbook for how to live a natural, authentic, holistic life. And every week, I focus on one aspect of that to help you create that for yourself. If you appreciate the podcast, please leave me a comment, a review, and share it with someone you love. Thanks. All right. When I think about initiation, one place that I really see that in our modern society is with a fraternity or sorority. An initiation is the formal acknowledgement of a rite of passage that takes you from being one stage um, into another stage of being. In the case of a fraternity or sorority, you move from being an outsider to an insider. Once an alpha or delta, you're always an alpha or delta. Once upon a time, cultures all had initiations so that each person knew where they belonged and they all knew their place in the world. They didn't have to go off and find themselves because they knew where they belonged. They went through something that indelibly etched that onto their souls, and often there was a community ritual to introduce them to the community as this new person. When a person becomes a nun, she undergoes study, takes vows, and changes her name to let her old self die so the new one can be born. This still happens, but it only happens to a very small number of people. When a man enters the military, his hair is cut. He undergoes stressful physical, mental, and emotional training. I'm not sure if this is true in our kinder, gentler military, but it used to be that he emerged a soldier. He knew um, that he was changed by the experience, and that's why judges would give juvenile offenders the opportunity to go to the military rather than jail. It was a chance to turn their lives around. When a woman marries a man, they make vows to God or each other, exchange rings as symbols of the forever bond, and she changes her name to show that she's now a part of him. Her first duty is to him, not the family that she was born into. This is super important because if they have children, the house can't be divided. Her loyalties can't be divided. So even though this is a remnant of an initiation, in most cases it isn't really because it's a mundane practice, not a sacred one. People don't think about what they're doing. They don't do it intentionally or with reverence. And for many people, marriage is a piece of paper, not a covenant. So even though we have initiations in modern society, we really don't. But I think this is an important part of belonging, and spring is a perfect time to rebirth yourself. So let's talk about it. Maybe you want to do this for yourself. 
especially if you're feeling like you want more of a solid identity or more belonging or a new start. So let's look at the natural initiation of females that move from girlhood to womanhood. This is a physical change that is thrust upon them by nature. When the body matures enough to begin menstruating, the girl moves from someone who's not able to give life to a fecund creature. She becomes like Gaia, the goddess who is mother to all life, and this is a sacred role. When a girl knows the power of creation within her, you see it in her walk. She walks with confidence, dignity, and pride in her sex. She honors other goddesses who are like her. She views sex, the creative act, and the potential father of her children with reverence, whether that sex is intended to create life or not. And whether she ever bears children or not, she understands the importance of her menstrual blood to the continuation of the species and honors the pain and sacrifice of the women who came before her to bring her to life. She doesn't have to question whether she's a girl or a woman, a child or a grown-up. She knows. She's been initiated into a new status. And if she was reared to respect her womb in this way, being a woman is an honor, a status, an identity. Girls need more than a quinceanera or sweet 16 party to embody this transformation. I have many clients whose mothers never told them about what's going to happen to their bodies. They didn't talk about sex, contraception, conception, birth, or any of it. They didn't get any support as young women or young mothers. They had to pay for a class given by a stranger to learn about their bodies. And when it's treated as a biological function and no social context or contract, it can become clinical, mundane, or profane. We can call our menstrual cycles a curse, treat sex like it's a commodity or simply a stress reliever, and treat childbirth like a medical procedure and call it a day. For boys, it's harder. They don't have physical transformations to tell them when they're ready. So in the Jewish tradition, they undergo the bar mitzvah. I'm not Jewish, but I have read that it's a spiritual coming of age. When they turn 13, they assume the adult responsibilities of a Jewish male, like reading the Torah in Hebrew their blessings and speeches that impress upon him that he's now morally responsible for himself. And it's a religious ceremony that's often followed by a celebration and gifts. It sounds like it could be a really meaningful experience for becoming a Jewish man. In tribal societies, boys around the age of 12 to 14, I think it depends on when they start acting like they don't have to listen to their parents anymore and start getting a little wild, they have to undergo some type of testing. It's usually very hard, like life or death hard. Transformation isn't easy. Losing your identity and gaining another one isn't easy. And that's the point of the challenge. When you cross the threshold, you need to know who you are, what you can do and where you stand. If it's easy, you can be full of doubt. Lots of traditional initiations for tribal boys include things like being alone in the wilderness and figuring out how to survive or waiting for spirit to give you a message to guide you through life, or making your first kill at a hunt. It's not something simple like having sex for the first time, or getting a driver's license, or moving out. You have to prove to yourself and everyone else who you are. Only then we have the respect of being a man. And if the woman is a life giver, who's responsible for bearing, nurturing, and continuing life, the man is a servant of life. That's the deal. We need both. 
And if one of them falls down on the deal, the whole system collapses. So if you didn't successfully fulfill your end of the deal in a tribal society, you're probably ostracized and treated like a second-class citizen because everyone depends upon you. It was a huge deal to get through this initiation successfully. So I'm getting all extreme here <laughs> to impress upon you that initiations are a big deal. It's not a whim. Like getting a tattoo, there's no going back. So I work with metaphors as one of my healing tools because it speaks to what's going on in the unconscious. It speaks true and removes the story and the excuses from the conversation. And what's in a lot of people's metaphors is that they need to grow up. I can't tell them how to do that because they have to figure it out for themselves. If I tell them, it's not an initiation, is it? It's the role of the parents in society to get boys and girls to the threshold. If they don't, their offspring aren't set up for success. We call this ancestral baggage, and it certainly is spiritual, but it's also social. And this is completely avoidable. When people enter into adulthood without knowing who they are and without being capable of doing the job of adults, it impacts not only their children, if they have any, it impacts everyone. We see that now when we go to a restaurant and a cashier can't count change after putting the wrong amount in the register that says the wrong number. So kids can't think for themselves these days. They know how to ask Siri or Google, but they don't know how to decide for themselves what makes sense. It's a soundbite era where if somebody of authority or fame says something, it must be true. If enough repeated, it becomes gospel. No. An adult will take the road less traveled if they have the conviction that it's the right path. That's what it means to grow up. Know your own mind. Provide for yourself and your offspring. Take care of yourself and your offspring. Be financially literate. Have emotional intelligence. We teach kids how to make good grades, but completely avoid common sense stuff, like how to be a human. This is why I thank God that the sacred wheel isn't going anywhere. It's accessible, accessible to everyone. It's free. All you have to do is discipline your mind, pay attention, and go outside. She'll teach you all you need to know. I was talking about initiations, and the uh, gender initiations are probably the easiest to understand and see because we all have a vagina or a penis. We're all born into a gender role, whether we choose to embrace that one or some other. Gender's in everything. But let's say that you know in your heart that you're an artist, and you haven't gotten the courage to say it aloud yet, and you want to claim that status. Let this spring be the time that you step into that identity. You move from being an aspiring artist to an artist. Now, in our culture, the proof of a professional identity is money or outside recognition, like an award. You could use that as your initiation. You could say, when I've sold X number of dollars, I can step into my identity as an artist. Or when I've won X prize, I can say that I'm an author. If it's a photographer or dancer or writer, so one of the creative entrepreneurial professions, that's how others decide whether or not we're bona fide. That's why we have resumes. I don't know about you, but I don't like being defined by other people or living up to other people's standards. Am I not here to be me, live my life, and express my gifts? The path of a human is to move from dependent to independent to interdependent. We all come into this life as innocent children then something happens to shatter our illusions. It may be figuring out that your parents aren't perfect and infallible to something horrible like abuse. Whatever it is that does that for us, from that point on, we have to choose to live in woundedness or to get on the path of sovereignty and wholeness. 
So another way to look at that human journey is that we start out as inseparable from our mother. While in the womb, we eat what she eats. Her feelings are indistinguishable from our feelings. Her blood supply is our blood supply. Then we're born and we're a separate being, but we're not quite aware of it yet. When that disillusionment happens, that kicks off the journey to becoming us. And that's not an easy task. There are a lot of shoulds, expectations, and programs that get in the way of that happening. So we need to be really well equipped and trained for the journey to see these traps, avoid them, and make our way out of them when we fall into one. And since a lot of them are supported by society, this can be really hard. I mean, think about it. At one time, most of society thought that slavery was okay. If you were the guy saying, hey, this isn't right. People thought there was something wrong with you. So it takes a lot of courage to go against the grain, which would be absolutely required of you at some point. So if it were me, I would not choose to stay in my woundedness. I would not choose the path of social acceptance, status quo, or what other people are doing. I choose something else that's hard, but meaningful. Our task is to be the hero of our own life, and we can't do that in safety, obedience, and being a Pollyanna, or by hiding, being a victim, and staying small. There's a human journey of figuring out how you serve in the physical realm, and there's a spiritual one. Remember that man stands between heaven and earth, and we're both in neither. The spiritual one is to remember that we're pure consciousness. Your initiation may be thrust upon you. You may go from a sighted person to an unsighted one, or a fertile person to an infertile one. Sometimes your initiation chooses you. It just happens. Something happens that transforms you, and that qualifies as an initiation. If you choose to transform, you can set yourself a challenge. Like people who choose to go on a vision quest or do a Sundance. Sticking with the artist example, what three things do all artists have in common? I'm not an artist, so these might not be the best examples, but let's say that you decide that all genuine artists have their own voice. They don't just dream, they create. And they make what is felt visible. When I think of Michelangelo, Da Vinci, and Picasso, I think that's true of all of them. So if I want to initiate myself into the realm of artists, I have to have my own voice, create what I envision, and make it a representation of what's felt. Not so easy, right? I think these three things would give me the gravitas I need to walk with the title artist, no matter what anyone else has to say about it. All it takes to be a mom is to give birth, and yet lots of women give birth without feeling like their mothers are good mothers. They doubt their abilities. If a girl doesn't grow up with younger kids around, aunts who talk to them, a mom who's home with them, or hands-on experience with babies, that's a common and legitimate feeling. Having a baby isn't enough to give you the swagger of knowing you're a mom. If you've ever been in a park and seen how some women easily handle their kids while rocking a baby in their arms, talking to another mom who's sitting beside them, you know what I mean. Or they could be cooking in the kitchen, talking on the phone while giving their kid who's doing his homework on the dining room table a look that says, stop acting up and finish your homework. This woman knows how to multitask, manage emotions, stay on top of things, and not miss her stride. It takes a while to get there. And you may have to have a meltdown or 12 before it happens. I crossed the threshold into motherhood when my daughter was a toddler. She's at an age where she's just learning how to hold a cup. She's sitting in a high chair, and I have just given her a cup of milk. She grabs it and you know how little kids don't have a lot of motor control or intention yet? Well, she's waving her hand and it just lets loose. She flings it. The top comes off and the milk goes all over the floor that I just cleaned. 
When kids are little, it's all about them and what they need. You don't sleep for however long it takes them to sleep through the night. And in my daughter's case, that was five months. It's an endless chore of feeding them, cleaning them, diapering them, and then doing it all over again, all without sleep, a break, or adult recreation or self-care, because there's no time. So when that happened, I just lose it. I collapse on the floor crying, and just then my neighbor comes by. Our front door is open, so he comes in, looks around, and can see what's going on. And he says something like, it's just spilt milk. And I find the idea that I'm literally crying over spilt milk hilarious. <laughs> and as frustrated as I am, the laughter really carries me to a different reality. And it's a no turning back moment. And when I get up, I'm a mom. Now, if you've never been a parent to a creature who depends on you for everything 24-7, you probably won't understand how emotionally challenging that can be and won't see how that could feel like a near-death experience. <laughs> but I'm sure that those who are parents will get it. I'm not saying that parenthood isn't also rewarding. I'm just saying that, especially when they're so little and can't do anything for themselves and have no self-control, it's very hard. These rites of passage have three stages, separation, threshold, and return. It may not all happen in the same event. So separation is the removal from the group you previously belonged to. So when I became pregnant, I was not physically separated from females who had never been pregnant before, but I was having an experience that those who hadn't had um, really couldn't understand. So it was a separation in that sense. Pregnancy and early motherhood can both be the threshold stage. It just depends on how prepared you are and how quickly you pick things up. So it's a time when you're not what you were, but you're not yet what you're becoming either. It's a space of learning and preparing for what's coming. The return is when you have earned your status and embrace it. You know who you are and everyone else can recognize you as such. Now, I didn't foresee the spilled milk in that story that I just told you, but I think I was on the threshold until that point. I was going through the motions and coping with doubt and passed the motherhood test that day. I never got emotionally derailed like that again after that. There's something really healing and magical about laughter, and I'm glad that it comes easily for me. There were certainly challenges after that, but I earned my mommy swagger that day. And when you know it, you know it. That's the power of initiation. You're rooted. You know who you are. And it's really important for our culture because we don't have rites of passage or initiation, and they are central to our identity. They give us roots. Boys don't have physical changes. I think that's why so many of them go off and do dangerous and foolish stuff. They have something to prove to themselves. Think of all the guys who go off to be Navy SEALs or join Delta Force. Who in their right mind does that? I'm grateful for them, but really, who does that? If the Navy SEALs aren't an option for you, maybe you try joining a gang, doing some crazy criminal stuff, drugs, or doing something else risky. Men need healthy ways to prove themselves it's really part of the epidemic of self-doubt and not feeling a sense of purpose or belonging. And let me tell you, you're not going to find it in a masterclass called How to Find My Purpose. You've got to sweat for it or have it land on you and smack the crap out of you. I talked about being a mom, so let's walk through what that challenge might look like. So what are the three things that every mom does or knows? So my list might look like this. Moms have eyes in the back of their head. They have unconditional love. Moms are resilient. When I got up off that floor and cleaned up that milk, I rose with a knowing of all three of those things. 
although literally crying over spilt milk is not the worst thing in the world, I knew that when rougher times came, I could handle them. And that was my initiation. I invite you to think about what status you already have, where you don't feel like you're there yet, or what status you want. Think about what feedback you get from other people. If you hear, when are you going to grow up and you want to get beyond that? Maybe that's the thing. Or if you, your own self-talk says something like, one day I'm going to be blank, or I'm never going to be blank. Maybe that's your target. If you're thinking, I'm such an imposter, you need a rite of passage or initiation. A lot of people feel grown up until they go home, and then they turn into their childhood selves. Their parents treat them like children, talk down to them, give them gas money, and things like that. If this is you and you want to end it, remember the steps. Separation, threshold, and return. Maybe this means it's time to move out of your parents' house if you're still at home. If you've already left home, you need to cross that threshold and cut financial dependence, create firm boundaries, or do whatever you need to do to convey to your parents that you've got this. Then return to show them that it's so. Have you seen the movie Labyrinth? There's a teenage girl on the verge of adulthood who lives in a fantasy world. At the opening of the movie, she's dressed in a princess gown, reciting lines from a fairy tale in a park, and gets stuck on the last line when the town clock rings and she realizes she's supposed to be babysitting her brother. She runs home and arrives late. Her stepmother complains and she gets defensive. She's pouty and wishes that the Goblin King would come and take her brother away, which he does. Now she's in a panic. She's got to get him back. She's got to get to the castle and find him, but there's a gigantic labyrinth, a bog of eternal stench, an oubliette, and lots of tricky characters between her and the castle. She manages to get there, but time's running out, and nothing is as it seems. She's completely frustrated, but just then she remembers the last line of the fairy tale, you have no power over me. When she utters the words with conviction, everything transforms. She's back home with her brother. He's sleeping safely in the crib. She's claimed her power and went from being a child to an adult. And as you move through your rites of passage, I wouldn't just do the earth thing and put one foot in front of the other. I wouldn't just do the air thing and think your way through. I wouldn't just do the fire thing and bulldoze your way through. I wouldn't just do the water thing and feel your way through or go it alone. I would use your right brain and your left brain. Be holistic. Use all your resources. The rite of passage into adulthood is such an important thing. It's hard to be a doctor, teacher, or parent until you're your own person. If you haven't done that yet, I'd start there. There's no point in initiating yourself as a priestess until you're a full-fledged adult, right? I recently helped a young man create uh, his rite of passage into adulthood. He said that the three things most important for his sense of manhood was being financially self-supporting, being able to connect emotionally and manage his emotions, so emotional intelligence, and living independently. He's a recent high school graduate, and all of these areas have been neglected in his upbringing, but he's bright enough to know that he needs all these things to be the type of man that he can respect. He's given himself a year to do all this and has a solid plan. He's considering many things that he never paid attention to before and understands now why, why it's important to make his bed, shower, clean up after himself. So I look forward to being a part of his initiation in a little less than a year. I'm super excited about it, actually. Life's orderly. 
The sacred wheel doesn't have a beginning or end, but we follow the path of earth, air, fire, water, and spirit because without that strong foundation of earth, anything we build is not sustainable. When I see people who can't regulate their emotions trying to open their third eye and found salvation through the spiritual path, I wish them well. But I don't see a lot of success with that. Anything's possible, but if you don't have a firm handle on the basics, the higher level stuff is going to be a lot harder. I mean, what's the point of having peak spiritual experiences if you can't feed yourself or if you're an emotional wreck all the time? So if I could give you a piece of advice, that's just starting with Adulting 101 before you go to space engineering. I know a lot of people who are able to escape from life by doing really well in their careers, but I just asked if that's living fully. So I'm not trying to get preachy, so let me regroup and go back to the initiation. Okay, the initiation <laughs> is a ceremony that shows your people the new you. It's most powerful when it's done in community because that's a return stage. So the most beautiful wedding I ever attended was a Catholic wedding where the priest asked everyone in attendance to support the couple in their journey as a married couple. The guests were included in their vows and in their walk. It was completely a community affair. And when it was over, the priest presented the couple as Mr. and Mrs. So-and-so. And it was clear that a transformation had taken place. They were not single people who were living together who had signed a piece of paper. They had a shared name, identity, and destiny. And it's one thing for you to do or undo something. When others recognize it and take it into their awareness too, it becomes real. And this is the part that's missing for a lot of people when they return to children when they're with their parents again. Their parents aren't acknowledging their transition, so it needs to be witnessed and acknowledged. So March 20th is the first day of spring. It's a time for rebirth, and it's a perfect time for a rite of passage and initiation. You've got about a month to prepare. Since you can't count on it falling on you, you're going to have to devise a challenge for yourself. I'm doing one for myself, and in the spirit of separation, I won't be sharing it just yet. In the spirit of return, I'm going to share it with others, and maybe you, when it's all done. It's in the planning stages, so I'm not sure if March 20th is a doable date. There may not be enough time because my tasks are pretty challenging, but I love auspicious dates, so I'm going to try for that. If you want the challenge of growing yourself up and living in the sacred wheel seems like a good way to do that, join us in the community. Give yourself a year to practice so that you get around the whole wheel. I think you'll be amazed at how different, how grounded, detached, more action-oriented, more heart-centered, connected, self-aware, and other-aware that you become. I love to hear about your initiations, your plans, your completed rituals, questions, all of it. Let me know what's going on in the comments. And if you'd love a community who will also enjoy cheering you through the process and being your witness after, join my private online community. It's free. Thanks for being here, guys. Ciao. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help the podcast thrive, please share it with others. Post about it on social media or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest from Laura Giles, you can follow her on all her socials at Laura Giles 804. See you next time.